You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here at webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined today by Michelle Stimson-Ross from Firestarter Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO is, uh, well, he's gallivanting around Europe with the family. He was at SES London last week, and he's uh, on European vacation this week, and he's missing a hell of a week. Michelle Stimson-Ross, um, you've... Uh, <laughs> You've decided to, to jump in and, and, and fill Dave Davies' shoes on a action-packed week. Yay for uh, me, although I think I'd rather be in Europe right now. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Doing sounds uh, you like know what? A lot of folks would rather be in Europe right now, including Link Chasing Webmasters, the uh, SEO clique who you know, sort of joined the game in, the say, the last five or six years. People who've been like, basing their SEO campaigns on building links. They would rather be in Europe today, too, or at least they'd rather be on vacation, because today was the rollout of Penguin 2.0, the fourth iteration of Google's link, bad link-chasing Penguin uh, algorithm update. And uh, I know, Michelle, you're from, the, you're from the social media world far more than you're from the, the SEO world, but you must have been. I mean, the chat rooms you belong to and the, uh, the, the forums that you, that you monitor, you must have seen talk of SEOs about Penguin. I have seen some talk, most of it fairly giddy. Yay, more work for SEOs. They're, they're actually thrilled. 
Well, you know what? Uh, you hang out in smart chat rooms and forums, obviously, because updates like this should produce more work for good, creative, intelligent, uh, you know, straightforward SEOs. Um, those who went and created all those bunk links in the past, well, you know, it should it should uh, should be hard on them. According to Google, this only affects, say, 2.5% of universal search results. So, you know, not everyone is getting slammed today because of, an up, because of a backlink uh, evaluation update. However, when Google says 2.5%, they usually mean something way higher than that. I uh, was speaking with David Harry earlier today from the SEO Dojo, and he was suggesting... Um, fifteen to twenty percent. Wow, that's significantly. Well, it is significant. But David went on, and, and he, I think he did have this, the caveat. There was there was a few others involved in the conversation, so this may have been uh, it was a very fast flowing Skype conversation. So it may well have been somebody else who mentioned this. But you got to think of the cumulative effects. What we see happening today might be a single digit might affect a single digit percentage of website rankings as seen in search results today. But any major update Google does in evaluation of something as, as, as critical as links, that has a cumulative and snowball effect. So um, page A is judged to be wor- to be of X value today, and it's changed to Y value. Well, everything that's associated with page A is going to have to change over time as, you know, Google spiders through the web or spiders through its copy of the web and reevaluates, you know, all the calculations it's made based on the values it had assigned previously before the update. Mm -hmm. So these things tend to take days or even weeks to play through. Which is where, where's you know, where I, how I think you can get to a fifteen to twenty percent number rather than the two point five percent that that Google's suggesting. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, penguins out there, and you know, for listeners who uh, who were listening very closely, that was uh, penguins by Lyle Lovett. For some reason, whenever, whenever I hear about penguin updates, I just I just see this video, penguins by Lyle Lovett. And if uh, anyone out there wants to go to YouTube after the show, of course. Check out that video. It was weird 25 years ago. It's weird today. Um, so search results are being turned upside down. Not a lot to say about that. Uh, I think we're going to discuss that a lot more next week when we actually see what this looks like. Um, the usual caution, don't panic. <laughs> don't do much of anything um, except look at Webmaster Tools, look for bad link reports. Um, and if you know you've been up to shenanigans, you know, deal with those shenanigans. Um, this is more up your alley, Michelle, in the, in the, in the social media and social engagement space. Uh, teens are becoming less engaged with Facebook. Aww. Oh, maybe they, what are they, what are they moving to MySpace or something? Is it Justin Timberlake? Uh, I, know, I know he's popular with the kids these days. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Um, teens are leaving Facebook. Apparently they find it too dramatic. <laughs> too much drama or mama's watching which uh, tends to create even more drama in one's <laughs> life right 
Well, uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? Why are teens leaving Facebook? Facebook is an incredible platform. You can you can network with all of your friends. You can um, share pictures, and you can annotate anything. Well, why did why are teens leaving? Uh, most of them are stating that it's due to the affliction of oversharing. Okay. Uh, some interesting comments in the Pew Research reports. They actually the the full article from Pew Internet. They have quite a few quotes from okay. that they interviewed. It's it's quite enlightening. Well, okay. So, so what are the kids saying these days? I feel like over Facebook, people can say whatever they want to. They can message you. They can add people. They can make it look like they're with somebody that they're not. Why would people do that? I have teenagers at home. I can still do the teenager voice fairly well. Oh, very good. Okay, so the, the the first thing she's complaining about is not like a description of what you can do with Facebook, but the last thing is lack of authenticity. To a degree. I mean, basically a complaint that I saw several times quoted in various ways, shapes, and form is that when a picture goes up, say... A whole group of friends were out doing something. They shot a whole bunch of pictures, and one particularly desperate girl tags herself in a picture with a guy she just can't quite get her hands on and makes it out to be something that it's not. Oh, the drama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... Is there any other reasons besides, uh, you know, girls backing on guys who they're not really together with and getting all jealous and weird and dramatic about it? Is there any other reason the teens are fleeing Facebook? Well, the other comment that recurs over and over is that more and more adults are on Facebook. My mom is there is the reoccurring theme. And matter of fact, several of the quotes say, you know what, I have a Tumblr or I have an Instagram because my mom's not there. Uh, noticed one quote where the teen said, I actually have two Facebook accounts, one for my family and one for my friends. Well, you know, a lot of people will say that I have two Facebook accounts, one professionally and one for myself. So that makes sense. I I can see that. So if the kids are leaving Facebook, uh, I mean, that begs the question, where are they going? You mentioned Tumblr. We're definitely getting to Tumblr in a few minutes, but where else are they going? Twitter. Uh, Twitter is definitely the one network among teens that's on the rise. What is interesting is that teens don't necessarily perceive Twitter as a social network the same way they do Facebook. It, it's quite interesting. Well, I mean, Twitter has like very different characteristics than Facebook. It moves a lot faster. Um, it's harder to see who's connected to any individual post or any individual theme. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, the rather than seeing an image, you have the at symbol, and maybe a little avatar, but I think people relate to words in Twitter, and they relate to the image at Facebook, you know? To a degree, yes. Uh, Twitter's doing what they can to increase the visibility of images, whether you're accessing via mobile or online or whatever. But, yeah, for the most part, with Twitter, it really is about the text. Well, Facebook still has about a one-sixth of the entire world's population, <laughs> you know, as users. Is, um, with, with that in mind, are the demographics trending badly for Facebook? 
I don't think they're trending badly. I think, if anything, Facebook's user base is probably maturing. And for marketers, I can say that's probably a good thing because you're getting more decision makers. You're getting more people with ready cash to target your marketing to. There you go. But what about what about what about the other venues? Um, Twitter, Reddit, Tumblr. Teens are moving into these areas. Um, is is teen is a greater or an increase in teen participation changing Twitter, Reddit, Tumblr, or any of the other venues? Not that I can tell yet. Um, Twitter early on was perceived as more of a teenager's network anyway. And with the adoption of more professional people like me in that, you know, that 20 to 30 age range, um, Twitter became more of a professional's way to gather information and stay connected. So we shall see if teens keep moving more toward Twitter, we might see that shift back towards them at some point. But right now, you know, Twitter's still an adult space. Oh my god, all the teens are flocking to LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> no, not until they're out of college and need a job. Okay, uh, we're going to be talking with, uh, later in the show, we're going to be talking with the founder of Caffeine Spaces, uh, Mark Lehman. Uh, Caffeine Spaces is a, well, it's a tech incubator in South Florida, a grassroots tech, tech incubator that was founded uh, in, 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 with great help from uh, uh, crowdsource, crowdsourced funding through either Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Um, it's, it's almost irrelevant which he went through, but it's the, the, the fact that uh, Mark was able to get the internet to help fund a project that, that really benefits the South Florida community. Um, I find that fascinating. I especially find that fascinating in light of the fact that I live in Toronto, and right now a large number of people in Toronto are using uh, Indiegogo to raise money to try to get by, purchase a video of our mayor smoking crack. We'll get to that later in the show. I have a lot to say on that, of course, because, you know, <laughs> as you can imagine, I think my mayor is absurd. Um, but I just, want, I just want to let listeners know, we have uh, Mark Lehman from uh, Caffeine Spaces coming up. We're going to be talking about crowdfunding and crowdfunding for the tech sector primarily. But again, I, I'd be remiss not to mention the saga of Rob Ford. But before we get to that, there's another saga that's been going on for years in the internet industry. I mean, this is one of the silliest sagas ever, and it's called Yahoo. Now, about a year and a half ago, Yahoo hired Marissa Meyer, Marissa Mayer, from, uh, away from Google. And that was seen, actually it was only about a year ago, and that was seen as a incredible, a brilliant move uh, by Yahoo. This is Marissa Mayer, for goodness sake. Um, one of the most uh, admired technologists alive today, possibly ever. Um, definitely one of the most admired technologists alive today. She's now CEO of Yahoo. She's made uh, some, some significant changes at Yahoo, uh, consolidating various divisions. There's been an entire changeover on their board of directors. The uh, infamous edict that you may no longer work from home if you're if you're a, a Yahooligan, and this week 
Earlier this week, Marissa Mayer and Yahoo paid $1.1 billion. I know, somewhere in Europe, Dave is smacking his head going, that's with a B, isn't it? Yes. $1.1 billion for Tumblr. Um, <laughs> like, okay, again, if Dave were sitting where you're sitting, Michelle, we'd be talking about the valuation. $1.1 billion for Tumblr. Like, what would, you know... How would you describe Tumblr? Tumblr is an odd mashup of blogging and kind of Twitter, as far as I'm concerned. There, there's an option for reblogging, which means that you um, click a button on a post that you saw that you like, and it shares to the rest of your Tumblr network, which is much like a retweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Tumblr tends to be more short form. We don't see the long form blogging that we would see on, say, um, blogger.com or WordPress. Um, it's it's an interesting mashup of a couple of different things. Okay, yeah, but again, it's, it, it, but I, I think uh, you're, 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 you're pretty close when you say it's a mashup between blogging, or we'll say microblogging, and Twitter. Uh, it's you, like... Big microblogging because it obviously it's longer form than Twitter, which is true microblogging, and shorter than traditional blogging, which is blogging. <laughs> okay, so if you're Yahoo, which you know I remind listeners, we've said this before, we'll say it again, is still if not the largest, one of the largest content networks in the world. Mm-hmm. Why did she buy Tumblr? What's what 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 what, 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 what are they going to do with Tumblr? There's no advertising on Tumblr. The, the, the Tumblr community itself is known to be a, uh, you know, a very tight, very uh, technically savvy, and you know, very um, what's the right word? Uh, loyal to what Tumblr is. They're adamant. They want Tumblr to remain Tumblr. Why would you? Why would you buy this thing? Um. Interesting, hard to say. As she says, I, I've got uh, a CNN Money article sitting in front of me. Uh, she promises analysts that the deal will give Yahoo a chance to monetize Tumblr in a way that is meaningful to the user experience. And she's very adamant that they won't screw up Tumblr. Uh, well, um, like Yahoo, great! <laughs> I so want to be positive here. You know, I have that. The, maybe she just maybe she made a mistake. Maybe she thought Tumblr was Fiverr and thought she was buying a whole bunch of employees. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess not. <laughs> me snicker is the idea that we're going to monetize Tumblr in a way that's meaningful to the user experience. How many users have complained over the years that monetizing things is exactly what messed up the network to begin with? Uh, that, that, that. I don't. I, again, I, I have no idea what to say, and we're talking 1.1 billion dollars here. Um, now, just to remind listeners, what a billion is—that's when you take a million and get a thousand of them, put them side by side. That's a billion. That and is, just to remind remind okay. listeners what a million is—that's when you get one and put a million of them together. <laughs> one point one one thousand million, and then another million. Oh, I'm sorry. Then another hundred million. Like, wow. Honestly, I think the purchase is hopefully to take on a little bit of the cool factor that is Tumblr and 
hope that it rubs off on Yahoo. But that, or she just bought the world's biggest porn collection. <laughs> You're not kidding there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Okay, you know what? I, I know what I do got to say. I have to say, friends, uh, we've gone through our first segment. It's time to take a break here on Webcology. So you're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. We have Mark Lehman from Cafe Spaces, Caffeine Spaces. We're going to be talking about Kickstarter. We're going to be talking about Crackstarter. We're going to be talking about Indiegogo, Rob Ford, and how to use uh, uh, crowdsource funding to do something really cool in your community. You listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link-builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Inclear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding-edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Inclear, this is how you sell with social. Inclear, this is how you sell with social. Time now for another exciting episode of Face of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algorithm. Oh, that ruthless Rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. Who dares enter the sacred and awesome presence of the everlasting know-it-all, Yoga? My name is Barry Schwartz. I am the keeper of a greater magic, a power known throughout the universe as the... The Force? No, the Schwartz. It's something to check out. Discover the power of Barry, Rusty Brick Schwartz, and the search in your roundtable on The Pulse. The Pulse. On demand anytime. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Never underestimate the power of the Schwartz. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Michelle Stinson-Ross from Firestarter Media. Dave is on vacation this week. You know, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, Michelle, just coming back from that commercial, I don't know what makes me smile more, hearing Mel Brooks' voice or hearing just the mention of Barry Schwartz. <laughs> That's a tough act to follow, even when it's recorded. I, I know. I mean, like, just, just hearing Barry Schwartz, you suddenly become intimidated because he's one of the greatest journalists in, uh, in, the, search, in the search and digital marketing history. And, uh, yeah, well... 
Anyway, so we do have back issues of The Pulse here at Webmaster Radio. Check in our archives um, under the Search Engine Optimization channel. Look for The Pulse. And seriously, listen in. Barry is a font of wisdom. And Michelle, I got a number to give you. Yeah. That number is 100000 $137,650. <laughs> <laughs> like many Toronto residents... I have spent the last three or four days obsessively, obsessively refreshing the page at Indiegogo.com for the Rob Ford Crackstarter campaign. Now, I'm usually not this obsessive about resetting a web page. It's, um, <laughs> It's been an incredible distraction, so let me take a step back and try to calmly and rationally explain to the listeners um, why I'm obsessed with the uh, with the number one three seven six five zero. We're trying to reach to raise. We by we I mean um, the citizenry of Toronto. Uh, the citizenry of Toronto, or at least a sizable portion of it. Because, oh God, there's just no way to explain this rationally. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just, because our mayor might be a crack smoker, that's why. <laughs> um, let me take a step back. Toronto is saddled with a, uh, with a terrible mayor. With a mayor so terrible that um, it's I just I, I don't even know where to begin describing what a buffoon this man is. You know how in the United States there's this big split between red state and blue state and neither the twain shall meet? In Toronto, there's sort of the same dynamic between the outer suburbs, the outer lying regions of the, of the city and the downtown core. Now the, the outerlying regions they um, they elected the they uh, elected a mayor, which I guess rules over the downtown core, who's an idiot. Um, he's got a history of gas, a history of doing really dumb things. You've heard his name before, um, Michelle. You've seen me blo- you've seen me blogging and facebooking, and you know, I'm, I'm so frustrated by this guy. Sure. Well, this guy's even managed to pull stupid in the U.S. Uh, was it not in Chicago that he was misbehaving not too long ago? Uh, yeah, he was. He offended Rahm Emanuel. Like, <laughs> Hello. I mean, how do you offend Rahm Emanuel? <laughs> like, Rahm Emanuel is so hardcore. How can you offend this guy? Anyway, uh, Rahm Emanuel didn't want anything to do with him. When, uh, when, when, when he went on a fact-finding mission to Chicago. And then, then while he was there, he wasn't able to place several Canadian cities on the map. Um, again, it's just, he's a buffoon. He's a terrible mayor. Um, and last week, the editor of the New York-based website, Gawker, wrote that he had seen a video of Toronto Mayor Rob Ford smoking crack cocaine. Okay, so wow. apparently, <laughs> a uh, 
a group of uh, a, a group of Somali Canadians um, who are crack dealers deal to Mayor Rob Ford and several of his political allies. This was all in the Gawker article. It gets worse, Brasco. It gets worse. Um, I'm just trying to find the way to phrase this properly to make it almost believable. This is you can look all this up: TorontoStar.com, GlobalMail.com, The John Stewart Show. Um, you can look all this up. New York Times, uh, Le Monde, uh, 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 the the International Herald Tribune. Everyone's covering Toronto's crack smoking mayor. So anyway, the Toronto Star, the largest newspaper in Canada, separately they had. Two of their reporters had also seen this video. They'd saw it weeks before Gawker saw it, but they were working to build the story. The people who have the video want to sell it for $200,000. Now, Rob Ford has... He was actually thrown out of office by a court back in November, but he won an appeal on a technicality, allowing him to stay as mayor. He's been to court to court three times over the legality of his mayoralty. Each time he's won on a minor technicality, although he was actually removed from office before being put in because, again, of a technicality. Torontonians are sick of this guy and they want him gone. However, the guys who are going to get $200,000 for selling this video are drug dealers. They're crack dealers. So then, you know, and the, and the idea of purchasing a video for the purposes of journalism is, you know, it's, it's kind of repugnant. Checkbook journalism is wrong, but in this case, the video has to come to light because, well, the mayor, incidentally, Mayor Ford was accused six full days ago of being seen on a video smoking crack, he said nothing to refute it. He's not come out and said, no, that was not me, or no, I do not smoke crack. He's gone to ground. He's been seen once in the last week at a city council meeting. And he didn't answer questions there either. He's gone to ground. This video has to come to light as distasteful as purchasing it is. At least that's my opinion. Um, but the weird thing is we are now at $157,695, getting quite close to the $200,000 goal. And uh, you know, this is a very rational city, but so many people have stepped up. This is, this is citizens' democracy, participatory democracy in action. I've never seen anything like it. And yeah, I'm quite excited that this is probably the last days of the worst mayoral regime Toronto's ever seen. I love my city. But crowdsourcing to get things done is what I find most fascinating about this. I mean, there's a political element and a journal and a journalistic element that also fascinate me. But how quickly almost $140,000 have been raised, primarily in like $25, $5, $10 donations, and the sense of unity that people participating in this crowdsourcing campaign feel around the, 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 the purpose of the campaign fascinates me. 
Given all that, Michelle, I know I know you don't know a lot about uh, about Mayor Ford. You, you do know quite a bit about Toronto. What do you <laughs> think of this campaign? What do you, what, I mean, wow, eh? Indeed. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Uh, the crowdfunding itself and, and getting the average citizen involved, whether it's to finally out the goofiest mayor <laughs> in Toronto history... Or whether it's to have some other kind of community impact. I mean, there's there's all kinds of crowdfunded campaigns going on all over North America and in the world. Um, the idea that the individual can once again participate in something that makes a real impact in the world is very, very cool. And at the same time, this particular issue, I do have to agree with you, is a little unsettling when we're talking about, you know, spending money to get a story done. Um, I can appreciate kind of the background of what's going on and the um, entrepreneurship, if I can say that, of the people who currently possess this video. For what it's worth, I I, I want to address the entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, angle. I don't think it's entrepreneurship. I think it's self-preservation. <laughs> These guys need the money to get out of Dodge. Toronto's the uh, fourth largest city in North America. You got Mexico, you got New York, you got Los Angeles, you got Toronto, you got Chicago. Okay? Mm-hmm. Toronto's a tough town. Politics are a blood sport in this town, literally. People end up, you know, like character assassination and sometimes further. <laughs> These guys are crack dealers, like the lowest rung onto the social ladder. Right. Um, but they have a video that will depose a sitting mayor of um, Toronto has the sixth largest budget in, in Canada, bigger than some provinces. We're talking like billions of dollars a year. And this guy, this guy Rob Ford, is, is the mayor. It's a very important position. Uh, it's uh, these guys. It's not entrepreneurship. I don't think. I think it's self-preservation. Gotcha. And that's why I just wanted to get that out. I, I keep hearing entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. No, man. These guys need to get out of Dodge. <laughs> They're not allowed to be crack dealers in Toronto anymore. The cops will shoot them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I can understand the drive not to be dead. Yeah, I get that. One three seven seven nine five. Well, it sounds like the citizens of Toronto appreciate the urge not to be dead and the urge to get a better mayor. No, I just think it's Webcology listeners kick again. <laughs> okay, but you know, the, one of the things about the, the, the um, Crackstarter campaign, about Indiegogo, or about the, uh, the original crowdsourcing application, Kickstarter... Forgetting the fact that I happen to have a crackhead for a mayor, and I'm glad to see this is going to push him out of likely push him out of office. This is a cool thing happening in a community full of determined people. Mm-hmm. We have in the webmasterradio.fm studio, which happens to be in the caffeine space. It's kind of circling our tail here, but we have a fellow who used Kickstarter, who used crowdsourcing to do something that I can only describe as remarkably cool in his community. Mark Lehman, founder of Caffeine Spaces, welcome to Webcology. Good morning. 
Good afternoon, sir. Uh, <laughs> good morning on the West Coast. You are in Florida, right? Uh, yeah, what time is it? Oh, that's, a, that's about 2.35. Oh, I never leave, so I never know what time it is. I don't wear a watch anymore. <laughs> now that's commitment. It is 11.35 on the West Coast, so I um, wasn't really sure that. Mark, you founded Caffeine Spaces. Now, b- b- before we get into how you founded it, what is it and what got the dream going? Best description of what Caffeine Spaces is an entrepreneurial clubhouse. We are a co-working space that is really driven by the community. It's been completely uh, community-funded through memberships, through crowdfunding, through that type of uh, commitment. Um, I'm an incubated company through the EDC here in Boca Raton in the research park. And just the community involvement has just been overwhelming to help me get this the entire project off the ground. No, EDC, that would be Economic Development Committee or Council or... Yeah, it's Enterprise Development Corporation. It's an incubator here in the research park at FAU. Okay, so you know you've had you've had community you've had community funding, private funding, and crowdfunding. Uh, what has that resulted in? Actually, the private funding has all been uh, just memberships coming ahead and doing uh, their signing up for the memberships. Some of them do for a few months in advance. Some mm-hmm. have taken on lifetime memberships. Uh, we did the crowdfunding through Indiegogo, and we raised you know several thousand dollars by doing that through different uh, different rounds of doing the crowdfunding. Well, I'd like to talk about that process. Um, and actually, you know what? I want to save that for a few minutes. We're gonna have to take a break before we uh, before we get into the process of of um, crowdfunding. Um, before we do go to break, though, can you tell us a little bit more about Caffeine Spaces? Who does it serve, and what's the long-term goal? It's a community of entrepreneurs here in the area that I'm putting together to basically people that are looking to start companies that work for themselves, do different things like that, but they haven't. Um, they need to make the move from working from home to more like an executive office we're like a middle ground in there. yeah there's a there's a lot a lot more of that going on as more people find themselves working from home but not actually really working they want to get out and you know be in a work environment where there's others doing work tasks yeah well think about this would you want to work in a starbucks on your startup when everybody around you is you know they're in a different state of mind um you, you still want to have that community commitment to where you can get out of the house. Uh, it's, a lot of times it's hard to work from home. I have pets, you know, family, things like that. So I worked from home for 14 years. And it got to be where it was just sometimes overwhelming. I couldn't get anything done. Either that or it's very isolating. Yes. Um, I would go sometimes days without seeing anybody else. Um uh, I would just be locked up in a room working on code, and I would not leave the house. Yes, I can relate. <laughs> I'm quite, we do I'm like relate now, actually. Um, <coughs> I have this great backyard, mind you. Um, so yeah, so it gets people out. It gets people into uh, a place where they're they're void by the by the energy of everyone around them. And I bet you'd also um, to, to steal a line from Marissa Mayer. I bet you it makes them more creative. 
Well, you really have a lot more productivity coming into this type of environment. Um, you're still working for yourself, but there's so many people around you. If you have any kind of question on any topic, there's almost always somebody here that can help you. Uh, the mentorship for me, myself, here has been tremendous. Uh, the members are mentoring me more than I've been <laughs> mentoring for them. It's really been a reverse on that part. That's weird. It kind of works that way in the search. It's always worked that way in the search community. I guess it kind of makes sense. It would work that way in the grassroots tech community too, eh? Yes. Now, Mark, I have a dozen questions I want to ask you. We're going to have to wait for uh, me to get a few of them in after break. I do think we should mention that webmasterradio.fm is also housed in caffeine spaces. I'd be uh, remiss and irresponsible not to mention that. It's a... I haven't actually seen our new studio yet. It's apparently a great space. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> and, and you can talk all about it in a few minutes, but before you can, I'm afraid we got to do this. Friends, you're listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Mistel Susan Ross from Firestarter Media. Stick around. we got Mark Lehman from Caffeine Spaces. We're going to be talking how he worked the Indiegogo crowdsourcing system, or crowdfunding system to get Caffeine Spaces going. And we're going to be back on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Looking behind the news affecting internet marketing. Bringing to light views from the voices, speaking out on the latest technical issues affecting you. This is the radio show that brings the internet marketing community to connect with you. Digital Marketing Matters, presented by Fang Digital, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Listen to the debut episode on demand now, inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Conversion Conference makes its way back to Chicago, June 11th through the 13th. Register now at ConversionConference.com. Conversion Conference Chicago 2013 will feature the best in conversion marketing to help you drive leads and revenue. Plus, WebmasterRadio.fm's Tim Ash will host a premium half-day of landing page optimization training. Learn how to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners can get $100 off early bird registration by going to ConversionConference.com and using promo code WMFM. Remember to listen to Tim Ash Mondays on WebmasterRadio.fm for landing page optimization. For the latest details on Conversion Conference, register right now for Conversion Conference Chicago 2013, June 11th through the 13th at ConversionConference.com. 
Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. Just for everyone's information, 137,952,000 out of 200,000. Keep, keep donating. Donate. Donate frequently. Don't, donate now. Donate often. I used to be so good at that back in the PBS days. Okay. <laughs> this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Michelle Stinson Ross. We are joined by Mark by Mark Lehman from uh, Caffeine Spaces in uh, South Florida. And we're also joined by one of the one of the fellows who's using Caffeine Spaces, Jared Kleiner. He's the founder and CEO of Synergist, a cloud sourcing platform for social entrepreneurs and um, again he's uh, apparently joined mark in the webmaster radio studio in florida so jared welcome to webcology welcome thanks for having me um we were about to jump into you know just crowdsourcing in general and you know i want to talk to mark about how he used indiegogo to raise funds to to open caffeine spaces um if i could just ask mark to talk about that and if jared if you could talk about your crowdsourcing platform uh, that'd be that'd be way cool but mark how was the Indiegogo experience for you? Uh, Indiegogo has actually uh, turned out to be more of an advertising platform for me to get started, to get into the community here. I did not know enough about crowdfunding going into it, so it turned into more of a advertising platform. We did raise funds for it and got us to several different levels, and we did run multiple rounds of crowdfunding. Okay, so the first time you went in, you, I guess you didn't exactly know what you were doing, but that you were doing it became the story. Right. That actually uh, helped promote us throughout the, my network that what we were doing, um, what I was developing here, because it was actually difficult to reach out to a broader network. And I used the Indiegogo network to bring a lot more people into what I was doing. Well, one of the cool things I've I've observed about Caffeine Spaces, aside from what it is, is how quickly you seem to be able to get it together. Now, <laughs> I've I've been watching for about two years, and uh, my gut sense says you know, somewhere between twenty four and eighteen months. So a year and a half to two years it took you from conception to actually having the physical space. Actually, what the process was is uh, maybe about five years ago. I had seen something similar to co-working that somebody was trying to create, and that was way before co-working would have flown at all. Mm -hmm. And I had also started recently after that going to tech events in Miami and all over, and I started seeing some of the different co-working spaces in Miami, 
And at those places, we were going to different, um, like Refresh Miami, a social media club, things mm-hmm. like that. And we didn't have a, like an open niche tech community. So me and several others formed a company called New Tech Community. We built that up over you know a few years to have several hundred members. Now we're at over 500 active members and 2,000 people in our mailing list. But doing that helped me to develop, um, how would you say, the infrastructure of community to come into opening the co-working space. Without having that community behind me, you're just opening an executive office type environment. You're not having people come in um, that know each other. People are coming in. They already know you know, a lot of the people that are in the space. And that really helped out. And so I was able to pre-market it for two years ahead of time. Okay, so I'm sort of hearing um, two different two different key messages uh, in that. One, if you're approaching crowdfunding, don't do it just for the money. Do it for the community building as well as for the money. And two... The crowdfunding and, I guess, crowdsourcing, uh, originally crowdsourcing model, was what helped you get those names, get those contacts. Yeah. If you see through Facebook, I've reached out. I'm borderline, you know, four or 5,000 contacts through there. Uh, I've been working on it for, you know, several years, building my network of people. And in South Florida here, I have... 3,000 people that I've, you know, communicated with in the last two years. Well, one of those 3,000 is uh, Jared, Jared Kleiner, founder and, uh, and CEO of a, what has to be a relatively new company called Synergist, the crowdsourcing platform. Uh, Jared, first off, what is Synergist? Um, so kind of like you said before, Synergist is a crowdsourcing site for specifically for social entrepreneurs. And a social entrepreneur would be anyone using business to tackle real-world problems like the energy problem or poverty, things like that, anything social good. Crackhead mayor, perhaps. Um, yeah, so we help them create, collaborate on, and share ideas for social movements and enterprises. Um, like the Occupy Wall Street movement's a great example of a movement that we would help try and spur. And Tom Shoe's company or Kiva would be an example of an enterprise we'd help try and start up. So, like you said, we are a relatively new company, um, launched private beta in February, and now we're actually running a self-funding campaign on Synergist, which is the first time it's ever been done before in crowdsourcing um, when put together with Social Good. So, we have a project <laughs> on Synergist to raise money for Synergist. It's, you know, extremely innovative. You know, it's weird. We're the studio is in caffeine spaces. We're talking about caffeine spaces. Synergist is a, is a crowdsourcing and crowdfunding platform that's raising money for it. This whole show is a bit about chasing our own tails. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so how did you find caffeine spaces? How, how did you hook up with Mark? Um, well, I'm born and raised in, in Boca Raton. I've been in tech for two or three years since I started back when I was 15, really. Um, been getting to know the Miami tech community more and more. My experience actually lies in San Francisco and what they're doing in Silicon Valley. I've worked with a few startups out there that are doing incredible things. Um, so I met Mark, you know, through a bunch of contacts and, you know, heard about what he was doing at Caffeine Spaces and thought, 
you know, this is this is really what we need to build the tech community in South Florida. You know, going back to what I've seen in San Francisco, they have co-working spaces left and right, and they have people coming together, collaborating with each other, really building that sense of community and that sense of synergy, you know, not to use the same pun, yeah. but that's kind of what Mark was doing here, and, you know, it really intrigued me, and I wanted to be a part of it, so, you know, luckily, Mark allowed me to, you know, prop up in caffeine spaces, and I've been here ever since. Well, now, I... I, I, I... I wouldn't would I would not want to suggest you couldn't do it without caffeine spaces, but I mean, has the existence of caffeine spaces made it easier to reach your goals? Definitely. I mean, I love the community building aspect. I'm also with Mark trying to build the tech community here. Um, I, I love meeting different people who can potentially you know give me advice or you know give me a new introduction, potentially back the campaign that I'm running or help in any other projects. And I also love to, you know, help other people as I can. You know, so the whole the whole idea of reciprocity is really, you know, able to be done through a space like Caffeine Spaces. Well, and to get back to the idea of crowdfunding and crowdsourcing, um, and, and Mark and, and Michelle, please jump in if you, if you have anything to, to, to say to these points. Um, One of the biggest points that I'd say is the mentorship um, we have cords that are attacking us here. <laughs> I don't know if you hear in the background. What we have is um, there's so many different people that turn into mentors and helping out that for, you know, Jared, for me, for other people, that it's really worked well for us. We've met, you know, hundreds of more people just in the last few weeks by attending different events. We had a TEDx Del Rey event. Yeah, and I mean, Mark has a huge network already, yet he's still finding value out of something like this. I've already been featured in places like Forbes, Fast Company, and TechCrunch at a young age, but I'm still getting a ton of value out of this. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, the biggest the biggest shark in the tank or if you're a little fish. Something like, you know, a co-working space really allows more, you know, more connections to happen. Okay, now there's a lot of our listeners who aren't able to get into a into a co-working space. Although I know they have ambition, they have ideas, they you know they have products they'd like to bring to market, or um, you know um, projects that they want funded. Is crowdfunding for everybody? Should you just jump in if the, if you think you got a really good idea, or are some things are there some things you should think of before before diving in? One thing that I would say is build your network ahead of time. That is one of the key things. Know kind of what you're looking for for your output. And Jared, what would Yeah, Mark, I mean, Mark, hit the main point. If, if you're going to look into crowdsourcing, which I think is kind of where the economy is going, you have to do some pre-campaign work. And we've seen that with the own with our own Synergist campaign, which you can go to um, Synergist. It's a .st domain, and, you know, check that out and back us. But you have to do a lot of pre-campaign work. You really have to have your goals set in place, um, kind of like the Mark model. Yeah, I had goals the first time, and I did a down, downward spiral. I went back a second time, and it did fairly well. Excellent. And we have our new phrase of the week, the Mark model. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. You're tagged with that from now to Kingdom Come. I'm never going to um, live that one down. So there. Uh, Mark Lamont of, uh, Cafe- of Caffeine Spaces. Uh, Gerald Kleiner, uh, founder and CEO of Synergist. Guys, thank you so much for sitting in uh, at the studio and uh, and helping us out with the with the crowdsourcing uh, and crowdfunding show. And Michelle, whole hour, we did it, did it again. Yay!
I know. So again, uh, Michelle, I got to say thank you for jumping in. Uh, you're filling, filling pretty big boots today. You did a uh, wonderful job. Thank you so much. Uh, Jared, Mark, thank you so much. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 23rd of May, 2013. If you all from Toronto or from Canada and you want to see the mayor smoking crack, go to uh, Indiegogo Crackstarter. Donate now. Donate often. We will talk to you next week here on webmasterradio.fm. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.